So we are on our third week of uh, our series called Speak. And so uh, that's why we're singing that song every week, uh, because uh, I think that's a, just a phenomenal song. And, uh, you know, the Lord has good plans for all of us, but we're not going to enter into those plans or experience his plans for our life if we don't act on what he is saying to us. Because faith is acting on the word of God. Or if I said it more every day, faith is doing what you hear God say or what you see him do. And that's exactly what Jesus did in his life. Do you remember he, he told us? Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. And another time he said, I only say what I hear my father say. And so Jesus really, he said, I, I'm not even about myself. I gave up all those rights. I came here because my father sent me. And I came here not with my own message, but with his message. And so what you see me do and what you hear me say are actually the works of my father and the words of my father. Remember, uh, they even came to Jesus and they said, good teacher. And he said, no, 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 don't call me good. He said, no man is good but God. All goodness even comes from God. And so, and then he said, you know, hey, and I don't think the disciples were excited to hear this, but he said, it's going to be better for you. This is in John chapter 14, 15, 16. It's going to be better for you if I go away. And you're kind of like, wait a second. You, ever since I've been with you, this changes everything. Like everything has changed. Everything is different now. And you're telling me you're leaving and it's going to be better? And I, I, I know you've shown me many things that I had no idea of, but I'm not really sure about this. He says, it's going to be better for you that I go away because if I don't go, the comforter will not come, the Holy Spirit. You know, comforter doesn't mean like that squishy thing that's on top of your bed that you like crawl up in on a cold day. I think a better word, uh, the, the audacity of me to think I could come up with a better word than these people that translate all this stuff, but anyhow. I think a better word would be like the emboldener. The one that gives us boldness and confidence and strength and ability. Because he, if you look to him, he will get you beyond your own limitations. Like, well, I grew up in this environment and, you know, in psychology, uh, you know, they say like you're... you're personality is affected by the environment which you were in, by, you know, there's something, things that are inherited and all of this other stuff. Well, okay, maybe that's all true if you just study that side of man. But the spirit of man, the spirit of a man that actually has been born again is brand new. One translation says a species of being which never existed before. So this is something brand new. Old things have passed away. I'm glad I was standing here. I just spit and nobody's right here. So you are blessed. You are in the spirit and praying. If any man, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man, any man. Okay, you understand like when the Bible says man, uh, it's talking about mankind. In the beginning, God made man. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say, in the beginning, God made male. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, God made mankind. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. So if any man mm -hmm. 
You could say human if it makes you more comfortable. <laughs> if any human be in Christ, Amplified actually says, I think it's the Amplified, says, if any man be united to Christ. Well, this is what Jesus was talking about in John, where he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it'll be done. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches and that that branch has no life but what the vine brings. So if you don't abide in him, you're not, you're not allowing the flow of the salve of that life to, to affect you. So don't become a new creature and then try to live like the old creature. God is a spirit, John chapter 4, and they that worship him have to worship him in spirit and in truth. What does that mean? God is not a mind. If you try to get mental and reason these things out, you will not get near to God because God is not a mind. Well, well that doesn't make sense. It's got to make sense to me, and if it makes sense to me, then I'll receive it. More that is pride, pure and simple. <laughs> now listen, every human has to deal with pride. So don't be so proud that you think you don't. <laughs> It'll hinder you. Like we said in the time of worship and giving, God resists the proud. And, and as a pastor, the longer I pastor, you know, I associate pastor for nine years, and now I've pastored for like three and a half years. And the longer uh, you work, uh, when you're a pastor, you deal with uh, people's junk, you know? Uh, sometimes I tell people, uh, I feel like a police officer. <laughs> Not because a police officer, I'm enforcing some law. No, no, no. If you talk to uh, law enforcement uh, and you get a hold of the wrong one, they're very jaded. They think, well, everybody, no, don't trust them. You can't trust anybody. You can't trust anybody. Well, uh, they shouldn't do that. Well, maybe they have, they have more of a, um, they could be shot or killed by accident, you know, through, through somebody that's messing up more so than most ministers. Uh, but as a minister, you could also get jaded if you just look at that, you know. But we don't look at that. We look at, when I see that, I see great possibilities for the great power and life and freedom of God to show up in someone's life. It's just an opportunity to see the power of God. What the devil meant for evil, God has turned it for good. And so you just turn to the Lord. Uh, you know, uh, not here, but dealing with some situations, uh, significant situations in people's lives uh, recently that, you know, uh, uh, I was uh, ministering to some people and I said, you know, you have to understand, we think that the biggest problem is the mistake that was made. No, 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 that's insignificant. What makes the difference is the response to the mistake. How you respond, how other people respond, what happens? Well, people get all focused like, oh, they did this, oh, they did this. And normally the stuff that people are all like uh, in awe of is just people's flesh. Jesus told Brother Hagin one time, he said, I'll judge, uh, I'll judge people quicker on the motivations of their heart than I will sins of the flesh. But yet man looks at sins of the flesh, the outward things. But God looks at the heart. 
there's a lady in one of his, uh, one of Dad Hagen's churches, and she, um, uh, well, actually it wasn't one, he was traveling. And uh, when he was traveling, he was in the city where he was uh, ministering. He had to be in the city during the day. And he saw uh, one of the men in the service that was in the service. Well, I should back up and say, like, they're having meetings, and he's ministering the word, and things are going okay. But, you know, you could just tell something's not right. Something needs to happen. Like, there wasn't like a bust out, you know, a breakout. Uh, you know, that, that should be where, you, you know, you can sense when there's like a, a flow of the ministry of the Lord and the Word, and so that wasn't happening. And uh, then that night, the night before he was in the city, man, the Lord used this man, and things just broke out, and manifestations of the Spirit, just wonderful. And, um, you know, then he saw him the next day in town, and he said, uh, you know, he was born in 1918, so he talks like the King James Bible. And so he, he said, I saw him go into a place of ill repute, you know, <laughs> a dive or something or a place you shouldn't be, you know, you know, was that old too? Sorry. <laughs> Show my own age. Okay. And so, uh, and then, uh, so then that night after the service, he's kind of like, Annoyed at the Lord is how I describe it. Those are my words, not his words. But he's like, Lord, how could you use him? Like, I saw him go into, into this place. How could you use him? Why didn't you use this lady here, who's the most spiritual woman in the church? Why didn't you use her? You know, older lady, more mature. And uh, the Lord said to him, he said, I couldn't use her. Because when she was a young lady, I called her to be a missionary, I think it was to Africa. And she has been in open rebellion to me all of these years. So I would use her if I could, but I can't. And he said, she comes up to me all black and dark. But she, he said, the Lord said to him, this man that you saw go into there, what you don't know is the second he walked through those doors, he came to his senses and said, oh, what am I doing? Walked out and asked me to forgive him. And he comes up pure and clean before me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So God doesn't look at, he sees a lot more than what we see. Sometimes we just see the outward appearance and then we think, you know, we're, we're actually Romans talks a lot about not judging. You know, who are you that judge to judge, right? So then we judge uh, according to the natural uh, and we shouldn't. And then, and then that actually can create self-righteousness in us. Right? How Dad Hagen used to say it is, uh, putting someone else's candle out doesn't make yours burn any brighter. Well, you could do that publicly or through gossip, or you just do it. Uh, uh, the Lord deals with me a lot, and so I minister a lot on this, concerning the condition of my heart. Because if I get it correct in my heart, then the words are automatic. I don't have to try to, oh, I got to say this right thing. Oh, I shouldn't say this. I should say this. No, if, if I allow thoughts in my, thoughts, thoughts are going to come. You can't stop the thoughts from coming. Now you can help to have right thoughts by what you allow yourself to hear and see. Because uh, the more that you feed on the flesh, you feed your flesh, the stronger your flesh becomes. So if you're looking at things that cause a fleshly reaction or listening to things that cause a fleshly reaction, well, you're going to have a very difficult time 
not reacting in the flesh. Because you're feeding that. But if you feed your spirit, well, then you'll begin responding from your spirit. And then things that you thought were impossible, you'll be like, well, this isn't that hard. It's like Jesus said, you know, Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God, lay hold of the faith of God, the faithfulness, of, you know, the very faith of God or his faithfulness, his constancy, his ability to resist that. Because yeah. you try to resist it and resist it and resist it and you keep failing and failing and failing. Well, in other things, you'd try other things. How about trying faith? <laughs> the funny thing is, you don't try faith, you act in faith. But what I'm saying is, how about trying something else? It can be, it's scary on your flesh uh, to trust God or to act in faith, act on what he said, but that's just on your flesh. That's just because uh, you're not as accustomed to giving yourself to the things of the Lord. Uh, but when you do, oh, it's a life of freedom. He whom the Son has set free is really free. And so this series, it, you know, you could even say is a series on freedom. Because so many times um, you see people that are word people, uh, but, but uh, and they, they well, you say word of faith, right? But uh, really it's word people. Uh, it's, it's a, well, it's in, Jane, uh, excuse me, Galatians chapter one, you find Paul talks about it. Uh, whether you're like a person of faith, person of grace, uh, personal love is amazing. I think it's the flesh just wants to be into works. Mm -hmm. Try to get you into works. So you say like, you, you know, I, uh, I like to say I cut my teeth on Kenneth Hagin in, uh, in spirit-filled things because I, I just got filled with the spirit maybe eight, nine months before he came to a church I was sneaking off to. <laughs> and so I don't have to deal with a lot of uh, strange beliefs because, uh, uh, you know, I learned so much uh, through his ministry uh, that, um, you know, I didn't have to unlearn so many of the other things. I had to unlearn a lot of traditional things because I grew up in a denominational, traditional style church. But some of the other, like, charismatic things that maybe were uh, not really so word-based, I didn't have to. I'm thankful to the Lord. I haven't had to deal with those, you know. Uh, people sometimes, uh, we had the honor of traveling with him for a couple years, so people sometimes want to say, like, you know what, I don't think he was right concerning this. Well, he, he is not God, and he was not right concerning everything, but what I like to tell people is, as soon as you've been in ministry for 69 and a half years, and you were faithful to your wife, and you didn't embezzle funds, and uh, you, know, you lived in integrity and had results in your ministry, then maybe I'll kind of pay attention to you. Otherwise, unless you give me a, a scripture, and more than one scripture, and I have the witness of the Spirit, I'll just put that to the side. <laughs> Because you look at how many ministries have been affected by that ministry and how the Lord used that man. And, uh, you know, so I'm not quickly, people are quick to criticize, but, uh, you know, uh, I saw him in front and behind, in front of the pulpit. I say in front and behind the pulpit. So I saw him up here no. and I saw him back here. <laughs> Anyhow, in front of people and, you know, a little bit privately, not a lot privately, but some. And so uh, I'm not quick to, to, uh, Say like, well, I know more, I know more, you know, because why? Actually, I work on humility. Yeah. 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 Good. 
I, started, I realized the danger of pride, and so uh, the Bible doesn't say God will humble you. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Oh, that's a good scripture because his hand is mighty. So if I'm under his mighty hand, I'm under protection. But the second I get out from there, I'm off on my own and I'm susceptible to attacks of the enemy and a lot of other things that could happen that are not the will of God. But I have not come under his mighty hand. Do you know what he says after that? Then he says, resist the devil and he'll flee. So you get out, you're like, no, I can do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to resist the devil. And man, you, it's like you went into a blender. <laughs> and you're like, what happened? I'm spinning around. Well, you have to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Do you know the hand of God represents his power and his working? Man. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will lift you up. That reminds me of the scripture Jesus talked about. He's like, don't try to take the... Now, I asked you to come forward. So that's an honor. But he said, don't try to take like the best seats. (laughs) Maybe in 21st century America, the best seats are the back row. (laughs) Anyhow, in the Bible, it says the best seats are here. But it said, wait till someone you, you invited forward, because otherwise, if you take those seats and somebody says, uh, can yeah. you please go back there because I would like Pastor Mark to sit in this seat, yeah. you know, you're kind of like, oh, man, <laughs> uh, I have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> you know, don't want anybody to know. But you humble yourself under God's mighty hand, and he will lift you up. Well, when he exalts you, when he says, hey, these are my children. These are the ones I love. Like Mordecai and Haman, you know. This is the man the king loves, right? It's much better than Haman tried to exalt himself. And Haman got hung on the gallows he built for Mordecai. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 17 kind of our main scripture for this series, Romans 10, 17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, apparently today is Weymouth Day, so I will read Weymouth translation. <laughs> Romans 10, 17, Weymouth. And this proves that faith comes from a message heard. And the message comes comes through its having been spoken by Christ. So faith comes from a message heard. So you have to hear a message. If you haven't heard of the gospel, I went years and years and I heard part of the gospel. I heard the saving uh, uh, of your soul, so to speak, but it's really your spirit. But I heard about being, uh, well, I didn't know the scripture being a new creature, but born again. Okay, there we go. John 3, 16, John chapter 3, Nicodemus said, you know, uh, how can a man be born when he is old? You have to be born again. Jesus literally, it says you have to be born from above. So I grew up knowing that, but I did not know that that is not all of the gospel, that there are other things in the gospel message called healing and health and prosperity. Well, prosperity means that everybody's going to be a trillionaire. No. Everybody's going to be a billionaire. No. Everybody's going to be a millionaire. No. 
Is there something called a thousand there? I don't know. <laughs> like I said, when we were, when we were, I don't know when I said that. Okay. But in the village in the Philippines where my wife and I ministered and they had the best building in the village. Well, that still wouldn't be what we would necessarily consider an amazing building here. But in that village, they came to the top. They had all of their needs met and enough left over to give and to sow. And they had a very nice building. And instead of riding on, walking on their, just happened to walk because they had no vehicle or a bicycle or even a motorbike, they had a, like an SUV. And this, by the way, was not given to them by wealthy Americans, what they call wealthy Americans. This was in the Philippines. They sowed seed, and the Philippine people, God used them, multiplied seed sown, and they were abundantly blessed. So prosperity doesn't mean like, uh, you know, uh, seems like uh, the devil has no creative ability whatsoever. So he likes to take uh, the word of God and the things of God and corrupt them and pervert them and get to people to stumble over them. Uh, the Lord told Brother Hagin one time, he said, I'm not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to them being covetous. In other words, you have just such a strong desire for something that that is just your focus and you're like, I need to have that. I got to have that. I want to have that. Well, if that's how you are concerning finances or the power that finances bring you, you're wrong. Your heart needs to, you need an adjustment. You need to get uh, fast and pray or just seek the Lord, get in the presence of the Lord and ask him to do a heart operation. But if you think that in order to be humble, you have to be poor, well, then you're also not acting on the word. Because the word actually says, I desire that you prosper, which is financial, and be in health, which is physical, even as your soul prospers, which is spiritual. So some people have such a hard time believing because their fellowship with the wrong uh, Spirit, really. Mm -hmm. They have such a hard time believing. They will fight you to say, God does not want you to have any money. God does not want you to have any health. He doesn't want you to really have anything in this life except for suffering. But it's all when you get to heaven. That's not the word of God. But God doesn't want any of those things to have you. Actually, you know, the word of God also says concerning finances, let your moderation be known to all men. Well, you don't hear that one real often. So you could be too extreme in financial things. Praise the Lord. But the word of God and the Lord Jesus himself, his desire is that you prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. And the only way to do it is by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God is the Greek word. What does that mean? By the spoken word of God. That's why I looked at like Weymouth's translation today. Uh, hearing and hearing by what is spoken through Christ. Do you know Christ is not the last name of Jesus? <laughs> Christ literally means the anointed one and his anointing. 
And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in our mortal body. And his own spirit, uh, uh, that's how he communicates with us. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. The spirit of man, in other words, my spirit, your spirit, is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Have you ever had to say, like, somebody asked you your opinion about something, and it was kind of maybe a... Uh, a very emotional type of situation or an intense situation or a difficult situation, you said, I don't know, let me see what I really feel about this. Well, you're trying to look deep down in your heart. We ought to do it with the Spirit of the Lord because uh, the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. You could say the light of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. What does that mean? That means God is going to use our spirits to help us to see the most inner parts. And he's going to communicate with us through our spirit. Romans chapter 14, I think it's chapter 14, says, well, it's in my notes, but I don't really want to go to them. But um, Romans, I think it's chapter 14, verse 16. Let's just turn over there real quick. Uh, we got to close, but we'll finish. I'm totally telling you the wrong passage of Scripture. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And then verse 16, the Spirit uh, himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So you take that and you take Proverbs 20, 27, that the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Uh, and then John chapter 4, which we talked about, God is a spirit, and they that worship him, worship is to draw near as to kiss. So I, I, I love that scripture because I like to kiss my wife. So if I draw near, here, look at me. If I draw near like as to kiss my wife, she didn't get one, so she's going to be upset. <laughs> here, I'll give you a kiss. Uh, if I draw near as to kiss, like she could have smacked me upside my head. I came vulnerable. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, when I go to kiss her, it's not like, I'm not like going like this, you know. <laughs> uh, and so you draw near to the Lord. And that's what worship is. So if you're going to draw near to the Lord, uh, if you're going to worship him, yeah. you're going to have to do it in spirit and in truth. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to get near to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You're not going to hear what he has to say. Well, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So, uh, you know, where we're going next week is um, into how to hear the voice of the Lord. If you're very natural-minded, what, what, I, what I like to illustrate is I, I really am a strange bird concerning some things. And what is, I enjoy jogging. I found that I'm strange in that because a lot of people are like, you like that? <laughs> well, I kind of do. And so um, because of that, if it's time to do other cardio, I, I really prefer to jog. <laughs> and uh, or other, I don't like to do strength training, you know, bench press and stuff like that. And so my upper body is not uh, nearly as strengthened as my lower body. So uh, I have some friends that like to, rock climb. They don't do like really high rock climbing necessarily. But so I've gone rock climbing a few times, especially when we lived in Tulsa. They had some uh, cliffs there that I would climb uh, with friends. And um, I found when I climb, 
you know, they say you have to have a strong upper body. Well, I just figure out a way to use my legs. <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta do this? I'm like, okay, well, no, I'm not gonna go that way because I have no place for my feet, so I'm gonna go this way. So I just use my arms so that I don't fall backwards off of the rocks. And I use all my, my strength in my legs to get up because I haven't strengthened my upper body. So I don't trust it. And if I use it too much, it gets too weak to even be able to use. Well, I think that's such a good illustration for spirit, soul, and body. Because if you have not developed your spirit, and if you're not accustomed to yielding to the spirit, that's like my upper body then. So when, when push comes to shove and I'm in a difficult situation, I'm going to turn to my flesh or I'm going to turn to what I can figure out in my head because I'm not used to and I'm not comfortable with and I don't even understand that the strength that is there. So, you know, uh, we separate to study man, what we're made of, spirit, soul, and body. Man is a spirit, has a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and lives in a body. But man is made up of those three parts. You're not just a spirit floating around. Well, why do you think that the Spirit of God had to come to live inside of us? Because God is a spirit. I think because he wanted a voice mm -hmm. and he wanted hands mm -hmm. that could uh, lift someone up, mm -hmm. that could anoint someone. Yes. He wanted a tongue and lips and, and a, a vocal package mm -hmm. so he could speak to people that are here today in the world. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, you've seen me do all this stuff. I did it as a pattern for you. Now you go do what you've seen me do. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if, you're, if you're not honoring your spirit and the spirit of the Lord, well, what is honor? Well, well here, let me have, I'm going to honor you, so I, I want you in the front. <laughs> I want you to sit right down here. I'm going to give you a place. Is there anything else you need? What do you want? So I'm paying attention. And I'm esteeming highly. That's why I like Psalm 119, 128. I esteem your precepts above all else to be true, and I hate every false way. Sometimes if I'm struggling with a temptation, I will actually confess I hate every false way. That's good. Because when I say it with my mouth, it makes it more solid. It brings it into reality. Actually, it's confession, and it brings me into agreement with what the Scripture says. So that even if my flesh doesn't feel like that, <laughs> that I just draw the line with the my tongue mm -hmm. with the God's word on my tongue, mm -hmm. which Hebrews chapter four says that the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any human instrument, any two-edged sword it says, but sharper than any human instrument, anything man could fashion or frame or make or design in CAD and print out on a 3D printer. <laughs> sharper than that. But listen to this part, this part, to the dividing asunder or into or the cutting away soul and spirit, joints and marrow to the very thoughts and intents of the heart. So you're struggling in that area, you gotta get the word on it because the word is the only thing that'll actually help you realize, whoa, this is from my spirit. Well, no, this is my flesh. 
Is my flesh kind of drawing me that way? Uh, want me to do all this stuff? I, I've been given into the flesh, and I thought, you know, I thought this is the Lord. You know, because some people think whatever they want is the will of Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, let's pray because uh, if we don't go, we can't come back. But Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you sent your word to us, that he came to us and that he changed everything. Father, I thank you for the freedom, freedom from bad habits, freedom from just a, a, a life that is without power and a life that's not worth living that you freed us from that through your son, through your word. Father, that he whom your son has set free is really, really free. Thank you in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't know him. You know, you can know him like better than I know my wife. You can have a relationship with him just like I have a relationship with my wife or you have a relationship with someone else. There is a relationship that God himself wants to have with you, but the only way to have that relationship is through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, the one that God has anointed, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'm here to tell you, no matter how hard you work, no matter how many good things that you do, those things do not connect you to God and bring you into his family and make you a new creature. The only thing that makes you a new creature, that makes you born from above, reborn from God, the only thing is confessing Jesus as Lord and believing that God raised him from the dead. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You are not automatically born again and you are not automatically a child of God. You're actually automatically a child of the devil because sin came into the world. As many as received Jesus to those he gave the right to be the sons of God. So salvation is not automatic. You have to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You cannot clean yourself up. You can't make yourself good enough to be worthy of God and to come into the presence of God. Jesus did all of that for us. Jesus paid the price. Uh, whatever you've been doing that you think is the worst possible thing and you don't want anybody to know it, whatever shame that you have, Jesus came and defeated that shame. Jesus came and brought freedom from that shame. If you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior this morning, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you and for you. And in an instant, faster than you could snap your fingers, you'll be born again. You'll be a child of God and you'll be part of his family. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Don't wait another minute. Don't wait another day. You don't even know when, when you're going to draw your last breath. 
don't wait. You come and you come now. If you're watching online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you will be saved. You will be born again. If you're here this morning and uh, you were born again, but you let other things come and crowd out your relationship with the Lord, you got lots of other priorities, and you know in your heart that you're not right with God. These are issues of the heart. If you know you need to come back, you need to just just, uh, say, Lord, I'm turning away from all this other stuff that I got distracted with, and I'm coming back to you. If that's you this morning, slip up your hand. We'll pray with you and for you. You'll just be right back like that. Thirdly, if you're here this morning and you've never been filled with the Spirit, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, man, you you receive the power of God. You receive a more illumination, more understanding when the Holy Spirit himself comes on you and you'll even begin to speak. You'll be so full. Jesus said when he's come, he'll speak. So all of a sudden you'll begin to speak. If that's you this morning, you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, slip up your hand. Hallelujah. 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 Heavenly Father, oh, we thank you. We thank you for your word, and we thank you so much that you didn't leave us alone when Jesus, when you left, that you didn't leave us alone, but you gave us of your spirit. So, Father, I I thank you that as we go this week, that you said that your spirit would bring to our remembrance the things that you've spoken to us. So I thank you that this week, that we won't just be something that uh, we got thrilled about on Sunday, but it'd be something that we put into practice as doers of your word, as those that have faith in your word and in who you are. Thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen.